podcast recording. Be with you in a second. Video is moving slow. Alright, I need to... What's up, y'all? This is Big John Americana, the American way. Um, I uh, did this essentially same podcast yesterday. But I I didn't like the way it turned out. Uh, I spent too much time reading uh, Joe Biden's executive orders uh, and truthfully I I just don't don't like the way. Uh, it turned out. I, I think you probably tuned off before I got to the important stuff, and I thought the executive orders were going to be more interesting, uh, and commentary would be more interesting than what they were the first time I glanced at them. Um, so that being said, I've got a serious problem with the way our health care system is running, running, running. Um, remember, you can find me on Twitter and Getter at the real underscore Big John. Of course, this is on uh, Rumble.com and Anchor Podcast app and Spotify. So, 2010, Obamacare passes, right? The Affordable Care Act passes. Democrats had a last-ditch effort to... Uh, it was the, They were coming to a, a close. Their time for ruling the roost... <coughs> excuse me, was coming to an end. They had the Presidente, Mr. Barry Satoro, or Barack Hussein Obama, whichever you'd like to call him. And they had uh, control of the House of Representatives and the United States Senate. And it was a collision course pretty certain Republicans were going to take it back, take back the House and the Senate. And they even thought that in 2012 we would take the presidency, but, you know, the party establishment had to nominate Mittens Romney, and that was uh, the nail in our coffin. But that's okay because that gave us President Trump. But this isn't about President Trump. This is about the healthcare system. 2010-ish, and leading up to the passage of the Affordable Care Act, there were many Republicans... um, (laughs) uh, Unfortunately... Uh, or fortunately, I don't know if you like, depending on if you like the, the broad or not, uh, Sarah Palin <laughs> uh, 
and others, but I, I just for some reason have Sarah Palin talking about death panels in Obamacare stuck in my brain. <laughs> oh, gosh. Get Sarah Palin out of my brain, please, baby Jesus. Uh, anyhow, um, her daughter Bristol's really grown up to be a hottie, though. And she's, uh, she's, I always thought she was cute, but man, she's really turned out to be a, a gorgeous young woman. Anyways, that aside, um, in 2017, when Republicans and Donald Trump had control of things, uh, besides the mandatory purchase of health care or get fined uh, tax, whatever you want to call it. Um, aside from the government mandate that you had to purchase health care, the Republicans took that out and they took the death panels out. Now, I read the bill, not all of it because it was about as thick as I am, okay? It was a hulk and hunk of papper government bureaucracy at its best, right? So, there was a law in there that at a certain point of your medical treatment, basically when you were close to death, a panel of bureaucrats and doctors and experts would look at your situation and see if we go all in and save your life, or we just give you some medicine to keep you comfortable until you croak or God performs a miracle. I have been dealing with, for the last year, a relative who was diagnosed with uh, of spilling stuff on his shirt and having to scrape it off in the middle of a video. No, that's what I was diagnosed with. Uh, Diagnosed with uh, one of the worst cancers you can have. Um, he first had an infection. And then they discovered the cancer through that uh, infection. Through treating that infection and trying to see out, figure out where the infection came from. Uh, they discovered the cancer. And they were kind of tied together. But that's too much information. They said that because of his age and he has a irregular heartbeat, okay, he's, the dude, up until a month ago, or a month or two ago, time's flying when you're not having fun, the dude could outwork me. I'm 40 years younger than him. Yeah, I've let myself go physically, I haven't been to the gym in five years. But I should still be able to outwork an 85-year-old. I cannot. Not this one anyways. I have heard doctors say to him, to his face, well, you're 85. And he's like, so what? I can kick your ass. He didn't say that, but I know he's thinking it. I know how his mind works. Uh, and the, the cancer hardly grew in the last year. Now, this is supposed to be the worst of the worst pancreatic cancer. Not only, I mean, pancreatic cancer is the 
like supposedly the worst you can have. But this was like an, a supposedly a very aggressive form of pancreatic cancer. And all they say to him is, well, you're 85. Well, okay, let's do some radiation. So they did some ra 12 radiation treatments. It shrank the cancer a little bit. Then they hee-hawed around going, well, you, you're, you're, but you're old. You're old. We don't know. You know, can you take chemo? We don't know. Uh, surgery's out of the question. You won't survive surgery. Well, he survived um, and is surviving with no help from doctors. They've done nothing to treat his cancer. And now, over the last few months, last month or so, um, he's he got another infection. It went septic throughout his whole body because he's stubborn and doesn't go to the hospital when he should. In fact, I had to, me and his, uh, another relative had to talk him into getting in the car and going to the hospital. Um, but the last big snowstorm we had when we got six or eight inches, he shoveled all of the snow out, like at least five feet in every direction around my mother's car so she could pull out of her parking spot, which is a, like a ditch next to his house, their house. And yeah, he's been tired over the last year and gotten tireder and tireder. And the last diagnosis the doctor gave us is that he has subconsciously given up on life, and that's why he's not eating and drinking like he should. Uh, that was the last time we took him to the, well, one of the last times we took him to the hospital. He was uh, very, very tired, argumentative when you tried to get him to eat. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, just a few months ago, he sat in a room with a doctor's assistant who was supposed to be taking care of his, or maybe she was a doctor, I don't know, doctor's partner, let's put it that way. And she kept saying, well, I don't know if we want to give him chemotherapy. He, he 85 year old. Who gives a fuck? You don't, why would you say that to a patient's face? So I feel like, and his insurance company is saying, they don't want to pay anymore because they've already paid out so much. That's what your job is. That's why he paid his premium for all the years that he was in great health. And now you're saying, well, if your health's declining rapidly, we don't want to pay anymore because uh, you'll probably be dead soon anyway. So it's my opinion that the doctors and the insurance companies decide when someone has lived long enough you've lived long enough the insurance companies they don't want to pay out because they don't want to spend that money on someone that's gonna is, is an old person that's gonna be dead anyways of natural causes or something right the doctors don't want to waste their time and resources on an old person they essentially say 
you've lived long enough, you can die now. I remember back in the Obamacare debates, uh, when you know Obama was out pleading to the media and having rallies, uh, and when he was campaigning on, for Obamacare, trying to get the support of the American people to call their congressman or congresswoman or senator uh, and say support afford the Affordable Care Act. And at one time he said, instead of the operation, you take this pill or you take a pain pill or something like that. And I remember conservatives like Sean Hannity uh, and people jumping all over this saying, well, there's no pill that can replace by you know bypass surgery uh, there's no pill there is a chemo pill but generally there's no pill that can replace uh, surgery to remove a cancer tumor uh, so I think really when he was talking about this uh, was the pill a pain pill to get the person through the pain of end-of-life care or hospice because when you're in those last stages of cancer you are in a lot of physical pain and I think that's what they were really going for was okay and I've heard this in other places too that medical treatment should be saved for the people that are younger middle-aged will have a few more years of contributing to society, to the uh, capitalist system or the socialist system, a few more years of taxes to the government. It, it, didn't, it wasn't political. It was apolitical. But the people that will still be able to continue living and contributing to the machine, the government, the globalist, the capitalism, the socialism, the taxation, all of it, okay? Those are the ones that should receive medical treatment. But the people that are in their 80s and 90s should just be kind of brushed aside. You've lived enough. You, you know, your life isn't valuable anymore. And that's what I feel like I'm hearing from these doctors and these insurance companies for the last year. I think the pill instead of surgery was a quiet, easier way of saying end of life. Once somebody's lived a long enough life, we just give them a pill and keep them comfortable and let them slowly fade away. I think that's what Barry Satoro was really saying. Uh, the doctors and the insurance companies are the death panels. The Republicans took it out of the bill. And I know I'm sounding partisan, but I'm, this isn't partisan. This is pissed off. Caring about a family member. Caring about your family members. Caring about you. So on and such forth. Okay. The doctors and the hospitals, or the insurance companies and the hospitals, are the death panel panels who decide who lives, who's lived long enough and needs to be denied treatment and kept comfortable on pain pills 
until they die. And we've, we've totally gotten away from God's way. The doctors, the scientists, the insurance company uh, decision makers, they've forgotten that there's a God that created them. There's a God that gave the doctors a gift of saving life. And they think they are God. I think a lot of doctors have a God complex. And they say, well, you know, this person can't live without my help. But they're really not worth my help because they're old or their disease is so advanced that uh, they just aren't going to make it. So let's just push them aside. Let them slip aside and die. Keep them comfortable on a pill. So, I don't know what we do. I don't know how we change that. I don't know how we fix that. But, that's my feeling. And if it's your feeling too, tweet me. Getter me. Uh, talk to me somehow. Maybe, you know, us regular folk with the common sense God gave a pissant are sometimes smarter than the people with the PhDs. Maybe we can find a solution. If nothing else, we can pray for each other. And if you go back through my podcast and videos, you'll find my testimony. God saved my life when doctors gave up on me. And God can save anyone's life. So that's my, my little rant, my little observations in life. God bless y'all. Pray for one another. I'll see y'all next time.